Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And every week we gather around this cafe table to share life together. And you know, this is a time when you can just let your hair down and be yourself. Rachel, there are so many women that we encounter on a regular basis every day that say, you know, I just really want to be real and I feel like I'm, I'm too busy, I'm running, and I don't have an opportunity to just be myself with anyone. Have you encountered that? Oh, absolutely. And I feel like that sometimes too. And, you know, sometimes I even get to the point where I can't even remember who myself is. Well, that is why we do this. That's why we sit down at the table and we talk about things that, you know, are happening in our world. Maybe they're happening in yours too. And here's what the topic is today. It's all about a different camera angle looking at love and how we get motivated by what we love. And let, let me just give you an example. Rachel and I have a friend named Anna. And if you've ever been to any of our events, you've probably met her. She's the one running around like a chicken with her head cut off. She is the one that kind of puts our events together. But the reason Anna loves to run is because she does it all the time. She not only does those 5Ks, she does like half of Ironman marathons and all of that. It's crazy, Rachel. I know. She loves to run. And I step back and, and watch that. And I suppose intellectually on some level, I can understand that. But I honestly can't understand that mm-hmm. um, because I like to exercise, but the, I do not like to run. Running to me is just like the, the least that I would rather go dancing or swimming, but just sheer running. I don't get it. But Anna loves it and she will train for it. She'll get up and run every day. So she's in shape for these races and and watch her diet and nurse her injuries and, and all of that because she just loves to run. But you know what? She doesn't really care if she comes in first, second, last. She wants to know what her personal best is. Mm-hmm. And so she keeps pushing herself. And I think what you said when you were describing it really nails it. She loves running. And so because she loves it, That is motivation enough to get up and get out, get off the couch and go do what you love to do. And so today, is there anything in your life that gets you motivated enough to get up and do um, I guess the things that I do, I am motivated to to learn and to get better at it. And, you know, it's we are all made up differently. So it's different for every individual. And I think too often we try to look at what someone else loves. Like it's easy to look at Anna and say, wow, she gets out there and she runs and she loves it. I wish I could do that. But Mm -hmm. then you say, wow, I really love learning how to do what I do better. I love to craft my writing. So it's It resonates with people. So I want to learn. And people may look at you and say, wow, 
I wish I could write like Rachel. And we have a tendency to look at what other people love and want to emulate that or to become that person and and love Mm -hmm. what they love. Well, when you see someone who really loves what they're doing, it is um, attractive, you know, it is kind of contagious. And I have definitely made that mistake where I've seen somebody else whose life is all about whatever. You know, I have a friend who loves to garden and she has a big garden and she tends it all summer long. And I remember this summer that I decided I wanted to grow vegetables, too, because it seems so great when I watch Katie do it. <laughs> my crops failed. <laughs> um, and halfway through the summer, I was like, are you kidding me? I have to come out here in the North Carolina sun every day and water these things and try to keep, <laughs> I have to keep the bugs away. You know, I, it was just, you know, it wasn't my thing, but I tried it because, you know, it seems so great when Katie did it. And I love to have her homemade salsa with ingredients from her garden or whatever. But yeah, if you don't love the thing that you're doing, you're probably not going to be motivated enough to stay with it. Absolutely. So today we're talking about being motivated by the thing we love. And every single one of us is motivated to love things differently. Rachel, as we talk about the things we love and how we're motivated, you know, one of the things that I absolutely love is my family. I mean, we all love our family, but I think I'm a little over the top when it comes to my grandkids. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) You know, I just think they are so stinking adorable. And so for me, what motivates me to get in the car and drive seven hours or nine hours or however long it takes me to get to them, there are times when I am so motivated because I love them that much, I, I have to. I tell the folks at work, I tell my husband, I have got to have a grandkid fix or it's not going to be pretty. And so I get in the car and take off and go. And I'm motivated because I love my grandkids. And so as we're talking about love and motivation, we want to kind of pivot that right now and say, Okay, God has wired each one of us differently. For Anna, he has wired her to love running. And for Rachel, he's wired her to love writing. And for me, he's wired me to love my grandkids. But every single one of us have one thing in common. If we are children of God, if we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior, then God has wired us to want to have that wild and crazy motivating love for him. And interestingly, um, not just for him, but for others because of our love for him. Yes. So it's a, a really kind of powerful motivation that, that the love of God flowing through us brings. In John chapter 13, along about verse 34, Jesus is talking to his disciples and um, he says to them, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So the presence of love in our lives is an indicator of the presence of God in our lives. So true. And 
it is a motivator when we allow God to absolutely consume us with his love. And, you know, I want to just step back and take a look at that for a minute, because when we are surrendered to him, when we say, okay, Lord, I don't want to be in control of my life anymore because I tried that. It didn't work out so well. So I want you to take total control of my life. Will you just absolutely turn me inside out, take out all of the things that aren't pleasing to you, and then just fill me with you, fill me with your love. You know, when we do that, it is something that we get to do every single day. You know, sometimes we look at our life with Christ and we look at it as almost a chore. And really, it is anything but that. When you, when you start understanding that God is so relational and he wants to just absolutely fill us to overflowing with that abundant life that he talked about, when you have that time alone with God every day where you say, Lord, empty me of me because quite honestly, I'm not all that great. I have messed up and I keep doing that. So Lord, would you just empty me of me and fill me with you. Fill me with your love and take me to some scripture right now. Lord, in your word, you teach me how to be more like you. So I want to be motivated. I want to be motivated to love like you love. I want to be motivated to get in your word and to ask you to let me see the joy in living life for you and with you. And Lord, let me be all about your business. And Rachel, when you unlock that, something amazing happens inside. It definitely does motivate you to do things that I think the outside world notices because it motivates you to be more selfless and more grace-filled and more forgiving and more willing to stop and help someone in need. You know, like the story of the Good Samaritan, you know, the most unlikely person, the person of another race or creed, you know, the person who was not expected to stop and help the man who was in the ditch and hurting was motivated to to stop and help. He had the compassion um, to help. And I think it's just so easy for us to get so wrapped up in our own lives and our own dreams and our own families and our own goals. But definitely when you say, Lord, you know, please come into my heart and into my life and, and take control here. He definitely does turn our attention towards others and gives us a compassion and the ability to love people that we thought we never would. I have a friend, another writer, his name is Charles Martin, and Charles was researching a novel that he was working on, and he went to South America to just kind of scout out locations. But there he ran into a small village of people that were very, very poor, and he wanted to try and tell them about Jesus. But he realized that they had so many physical needs that he was moved to try to meet those physical needs. And so, you know, he started donating his own money and raising money and building wells and giving them chicken coops 
I mean, this one family, Charles and his family, has helped this entire little village. I'm sure that's something that Charles did not have on his bucket list, you know, get chicken coops for a village in South America. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But, you know, when you live with Christ and for Christ, these are the kinds of things that, you know, his love will motivate you to do. And that's it. That's what we're talking about today. It's about how can we take the things that God puts in us, the love, the, the way that he's designed us individually, like for Anna, it's running, for Rachel, it's writing, for me, it's grandkids. How can we take that same type of motivation that we have for those things and say, Lord, let me see love through you, through your eyes, through your hands, through your feet, through your example that you laid out in your word. And Lord, give me a hunger and a desire to to understand it and then to do it, to get up off the couch and go do it. And I can't help but think about Peter. And one of my favorite stories is Peter in the boat with the other guys and the storm comes up and Jesus comes walking on the water. Now, when Jesus is walking on the water, every single person in the boat was afraid. Everybody was afraid. And Jesus said, take courage, don't be afraid. And one guy got motivated. Peter got motivated. And he jumped up, stepped out of the boat, and started walking toward Jesus. Now, can you even wrap your brain around that? Because when Jesus really shows himself to you, and you really have a desire to be his disciple. You really have a desire to want to do more than just sit and watch. When you get up and you get out of the boat and you start walking, there will be times when you maybe start sinking because you look at your circumstances around you and you might start sinking. But then I love what Jesus said. Take courage. And then he only asked a question. Why did you doubt? Yeah, I want you to hear this because I think many times when we are going after something that we love, maybe it's going on the mission field. Maybe it's just going on a short-term mission trip or maybe it's reaching out to that single mom in your neighborhood. Whatever it is that God has given you a passion for, and said, I want you to fall in love with this because I have wired you for it. I've created you for it, and I'm going to equip you to do it. And you jump up and you run after it. And then when you start to sink, here's what happens to me. And maybe you can relate. There are times when I feel like, oh, I messed up. I'm sinking. I'm doubting. I wonder if this is even what God called me to do. I mean, why was I so motivated to jump out of the boat? Here I am falling into the water and I start doubting. But I don't only doubt. I start telling myself how unworthy I am to even think I could do it in the first place. (laughs) But Jesus says only a question. Why did you doubt? And what, what I want you to hear is Jesus never brings guilt and shame. Never. That's not the way he operates. He says, I love you and you can do this. And he reaches out and he grabs Peter's hand and everything is good. 
and then he climbs into the boat with them. When you are going out on a limb and you are motivated to do something, you are going to trip and you are going to sink and you are going to look at the circumstances around you and you're going to feel like quitting. Don't. We have to remember um, how it was when we first started. Sometimes we can regain our motivation when we remember why it is I started my own business or why it is I married this man. You know, sometimes if we can recall back how we felt initially, it can fuel us in those moments when we're doubting or we're sinking. Absolutely. I mean, that is great advice, Rachel, because when we tap in to that love for Jesus, that that crazy wild love that says, okay, Lord, if you say I can do it, then I'm going for it. And when we jump into that, that's when Satan is going to pull out all the stops and try to slow us down. But if you do what Rachel just said and back up and go, Lord, help me remember why I fell in love with this. I know you said you wired me for this. You know, there are people on the Encouragement Cafe team that are all wired differently. Like Rachel, our our wonderful Andrea mm-hmm. is so technical. She is she is wonderful at what God wired her to do. Detailed, organized, and sometimes she gets going and she doesn't understand other people's vision of what they're doing and it's easy to kind of get sidetracked. I do it, you do it, she does it. Mm -hmm. And when we start to sink into that doubt, if we look back and go, Lord, you wired me to be who I am. You wired me to love the way I was created to love. You wired Rachel that differently. You wired Andrea differently. But you gave us all a passion and a motivation to do something bigger through your Holy Spirit. We can do this if you're reaching out and taking our hand. Jesus was talking to his disciples, and this wasn't too long before his death, and he's telling them that he's going to be leaving, that he's going to go you know, somewhere where the Father is, and he's going to prepare a place for them. And he's telling them that that Holy Spirit you just mentioned is going to be coming here in his place. And he says to them, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going away to the Father and you will have the Holy Spirit. He says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So you can ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And then the next thing he says is, if you love me, you will keep my commands. I see here that Jesus is saying, yes, do bold things, do what I've done, do even greater things than these. Ask me for anything that you care to ask me for. And remember that if you love me, that love is going to motivate you to keep my commands. The Holy Spirit definitely plays a role in not only our ability to do the things that we love or ask for the things that we love, but even for us, I think, to to begin to live this way that, that Jesus is calling us to live is to, to remember that my life is not just about my life, not just about my running shoes or my writing pen or my grandkids. My life is also about the Spirit of God that lives within me. Once you see God do it, 
and you see him come through in your life to allow you to love the way he wants you to love, then you realize that, okay, that when the doubting times come, I can push through and with the Holy Spirit's help, I, I can make those doubting times less frequent and less intense. And let me just give you an example. Just this last week, I was feeling overwhelmed. And you know, you know I've been doing Encouragement Cafe for seven years. I do a radio shift Monday through Friday in the afternoons. And there was a lot going on. And I told the Lord, I just don't think I can do this anymore. And I walked out of the studio and I walked into the, the lobby of our station and I sat there with my purse on my lap and I had an argument with God. And I said, okay, I, I think I'm done. You probably need to call somebody else. You need to call in the B team or the second string or something because I... I'm all used up and I'm overwhelmed. And I did you notice I just had a birthday, Lord? So I probably <laughs> have aged myself out of being effective. And he's just being just exactly like he was with Peter. And he, I mean, seriously, I felt him telling my heart, I know, I understand. Right now, you're just kind of worn out. I know. And you have a right to feel that way. Now, I need you to get up and go back in there and finish the job that we've started. And I said, well, wait a minute. Did you not hear what I just said? <laughs> <laughs> and he just was so gentle with me, Rachel. And he said, no, I do. But this is not about you, Luann. Mm. And wow, it slapped me right across the face in a good way. Mm -hmm. He just said, let's take a look at that. If you stop how many people on the team are going to all of a sudden feel like they can't do it? Mm -hmm. And how many people that you're talking to every week on Encouragement Cafe, how many of them are going to say, wow, I guess I'll give up too. And I want you to know, Luann, this is not about you. This is about what I'm doing through you and your obedience. So would you fall back in love with what I want you to love, would you just look at me and quit looking at everything around you? And Rachel, something wonderful happened. I just had this flood, uh, a refreshing bubbling up in my soul again. It was like, okay, okay. I have permission to just look at you standing on the water, waiting to take my hand. That's all I need to focus on. Lord, I want to fall in love with you all over again. I want to be motivated from the very core of my being and not look at any of the circumstances around me. That's mm. motivating. Well, you know, it would be my prayer that each of us could have a moment like that in the in the week to come, a moment with Jesus where we realize we don't have to be stressed and we don't have to carry the burden, that all we have to do is look at Him and love Him and trust that that will be the source of any motivation that we might need. Well, you know, when Peter got back in the boat with Jesus, he's sitting there and I have to wonder, all of the other people that chose not to be motivated and not to jump out and go for the big, 
the big step. Those that sat back and wondered, they were watching. They were looking to see how it turned out. I'm here to tell you, when you step out and you get motivated and you let God change you in a radical way, and He says, I want you to love people. I want you to show them what love looks like. I need you to be my hands and feet. And when you allow Him to do that, there is nothing more exciting in your life that will ever happen. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.